Boom, boom. Here we go. What's the word, fam? I want to welcome you to the show. We have one of the nicest MCs joining me here tonight on Sports and Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max. He's a Grammy nominee, Clotrudis Ooh. nominee for Best Supporting Actor in D and 40. <laughs> yes, he is. We got to mention that. He's one of the greatest wow. MCs in the game. And that's for sure. Got a brand new collective album out right now. Apophenia. Yes, sir. Oswin Benjamin's in the building here tonight. Oswin, how's it going, man? Man, I'm I'm feeling great, man. I forgot about all of that shit till you said something. Wait, can I say shit? Is that cool? Yeah, that's cool. All right, cool. Yeah, I forgot about all that shit till you said something. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine, bro. How you doing, fam? Thank you for having me today, too, man. Of course, man. Everything's going good? Man, everything is well, man. Me in Arizona now. Me and the wife. You feel me? Figuring, figuring this this life thing out. You know what I'm saying? Life. I know you had a big change in moving to Arizona because you and Chris Rivers talked about it. New York was getting stagnant and stale. It was time for you to move on. How was the move when you first got out there and getting acclimated? Um, yo, know, if I'm being honest with you, bro, it's been a, it's been cool. It's definitely a change of pace, but uh, it's different though. It's different. I know New York is really a, you know, doggy dog, fend for yourself type situation man i feel like out here um the love is the love is different people just like good rap over here people just like good music man i feel like in new york it's very very it's 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 difficult to get the love and i think even more so because i'm from there you know what i mean i know what you mean especially in today's day and age the whole drill scene and there's a lot of politics in new york Do do you feel as though moving to arizona there's less politics uh yes, yeah, it's, it's less it's less politics and it's kind of like, you know, it's like being the 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 new kid in high school. You know what I mean with all the with all the cool stuff on. It's just like yo, who's that? Who's that kid? We never seen him before. So you know what I mean? Like, it, it kind of feels like that for me and, and Chris. It's kind of like yo, nah, they're dope. Who are they? Where are they from? You know what I mean? How are you feeling about the new collective album, Apophenia? Oh, it's fire! It's fire, bro. Uh, rap album of the year. It's rare to see collectives nowadays. All you usually see is Griselda or if you want to go to Migos, but Migos doesn't count for me because what you do and Griselda do are two totally different types of hip hop. Yeah, Griselda's different, man. Yeah. <laughs> those, those, those boys be, be rapping, man. That bet yeah, I'll be honest with you, bro. I'm a huge Cole fan, bro, but I think I think Benny got Cole out of here on that joint, man. I think so. I agree. I feel like Benny got him out of here. I said, I just, you know, I just believe what Benny be talking about, bro. I just believe him. You've spoken about it plenty of times in other interviews that you can tell when someone is really about that life or what they lived coming up and you could, you could separate from the artists who haven't lived that life or on that stage. It's just the energy. Yeah, bro. Like, I don't know. Like I was talking to my, to a good friend of mine about the whole Benny joint. I was just like, yo, it's like he lived all the life from all the years, bro. Like from every era, it's just like, yo, he could have went to school, to high school with me and my parents at the same time. Like he's the, the oldest thing in the world, but the youngest thing at the same time. Like it's it's crazy. Like when he talks, it's like, nah, bro, I believe you, bro. You you win. I hear you. You feel me? <laughs> One of my favorite tracks off the new album is What You Mean. And the visual it reminds me a lot mm-hmm. of Guilty Conscience. By okay. Eminem. That's the vibe yes. it gives me. I think that's what you guys were trying to portray in that. Um, be honest with you, yo, that didn't even come up in conversation. So 
huge shout out to uh, Chris Rivers and Denzel Porter. So Denzel, he has this thing. He was just like, yo, Edgar Allan Poe was like my favorite author of all time. And he does short stories and that's that's his thing. So he was like, every <clears throat> every album, I put a short story like on my album. So he was just like, bro, like every, for the whole Apophenia album, like everybody had their little, everybody had their moment. And this is like, yo, Chris was just like, yeah, nah, this is my moment right here. I had a moment on there and Denzel was just like, yeah, this is what I'm contributing to the joint too. So like, what you mean was all, most mostly Denzel. And like, that was the easiest song to write. And we had like five different scenarios, bro. Like we wrote that joint from like mad different stories, bro. Like we was going to rob a bank and the car that we was going used to rob the bank, it was going to be somebody who owed Denzel money. And I was, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, nah, that, that, that don't work. And then we had like four other scenarios. And then when we, uh, it was Denzel and my man left. Shout out to Leftway. He, uh, he was just like, yo, what if it's like a real, a real situation? Just telling the stories about the backside to the story that of, of an artist who may look like he's successful, who may look like, you know what I mean? Like things are moving for him. It's just like, and yo, everything in that song was real. Like 2016 BT Awards, bro, like, I couldn't afford laundry. I couldn't afford to do it. So I had my brother draws on and he was just like, bro, I'm not letting you go to Atlanta with no money. So take my debit card. You know what I'm saying? Like when, when we shot for Netflix, bro, I was really driving Uber, bro. Damn near living out the car. That 10 minute freestyle on Sway that everybody be talking about, bro, I was homeless when I wrote that joint. You see what I'm saying? Like, uh -huh. like, but no, everybody just sees it's kind of like, the artistic process is kind of like everybody is a fan of the MP3, but you don't know how many takes is in that MP3. You don't know how many takes is in that wave. You know what I mean? You don't know how much second guessing is in that MP3. You don't know how much lyrics had to be rewritten or how many notes had to be resung. I just see the MP3 and that's it. This is like, nah, it's a, it's a lot. It's a, it's a story behind these MP3s, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was it was a great visual. It's an amazing song for hip hop. Like I said, it reminds me of Guilty Conscience and and your true inspiration. Just mentioning right now of being homeless. At what point did you finally get out of that period of your life? Um, it might have been Sway happened twenty. Okay, so the homeless journey might have been 2015, 2016. So. I was, um, I'm a very stubborn guy, right? Mm -hmm. So I moved, uh, so I, I was born in Brooklyn, grew up in Newburgh. I moved back down to the city like 2012. And uh, I was working with a dude named B-Works uh, or White Gold who was on Eminem joint. So me and him, like, bro, we got a whole tape together that never dropped. Incredible. He's, a, he's one of the most talented producers I've ever heard in my life or and worked with. So it was like, it was me, him, my man Tyler, shout out to Tyler Busher. And we were like, I really didn't have nowhere to go like that. I had just got kicked out of the apartment that I was in. And I was walking around New York City with a big ass duffel bag. And I was just sleeping in Warner Brothers, bro. I'd get up, find something to do during the day and then come back and sleep over there and then figure out where I was going to go. Like, dog, yeah, that was... Yeah, that might have been like 2015, 2016. And thank God that you got out of that period because 
just how depressing that can be for a person is especially for certain people in the careers trying to pursue something in the entertainment and music industry that's yeah. tough for a lot of people and your testament that you made it out it was i mean it, it was it was <laughs> it's gonna sound crazy it was fun yeah i mean like, really? I didn't have no, like it was fun bro i didn't have no worries like that man and i was uh it made me realize that that the people that you with when you down is more important than you actually being down you know what I mean? Like I was with, I didn't, bro, we would get a dollar slice and cut it in half type shit. And it's just like, but I'm doing that with my man. So it didn't, it didn't feel like, oh my gosh, the world is against me. It's just like, nah, bro, we're going to make it out of this and we're going to have a hell of a story to tell when we do. You know what I mean? And you're currently writing it now. Back to the collective album, because we're going to get into your early history and everything. When did this start to form? Because I know that you and Chris have been collaborating for years. When did you decide to form this collective with Chris and Denzel Porter? Uh, that must have been, I think the first cipher was 20, 20, wait, was 2017 the last one? So we did three of them and I'm, I don't want to butch the years, but uh, we did. We did the first cipher. Um, it was I knew Chris already, and I met Denzel shortly after that. And uh, Armani from Team Backpack or World Underground, World MC, uh, World Underground. Um, they he put three of us on the cipher, and we was just like, "Yo, we know each other." And how these ciphers work is everybody works separately to have the best verse. So we was just like, "Yo, what if he wrote these verses?" together for real like we jumping in and out of each other verses so we can make this a moment and that way like the whole point of that is it was to like push uh camaraderie you know what i'm saying like yo in order for anybody to have a better cipher than what we had y'all gonna have to work together there's no other way it's gonna happen like no one is gonna individually have a better verse than us three because we're both well all three of us are, are you know we're pretty good at what we do so the whole point was to like, all right, cool. We're going to push this. And then we're going to challenge everybody to work together. Like who's going to be the next three? Who's going to have something to say? So the second cypher we did, nobody said anything when we issued the challenge. So the second cypher, we ended up battling ourselves. So we was on stage just cutting each other ass. It was crazy. And then the third, the third one, you know, people were throwing stones here and there. So we addressed that. And then it got really, really uh, personal and serious towards the second half. So after the third one, it was like, yo, now we need an album from y'all. And we tried, we attempted to make the album probably like three times. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we finally, finally got it done. And it took like a month, but we was, it was like every day we were getting to it. You know what I mean? But nah, these, these dudes are dope. This, this has been forming for at least five to seven years. And you have a great bond with Chris and you, you've been close friends. You, you guys, you hear the chemistry on the tracks that you make together. What is it, if you could describe it as one characteristic trait that you guys just work so fluently together? Uh, you mean one, one trait from, from Chris and Denzel? Yeah. And you, that work that in which all of you work so fluent together. Uh, I think if there was one like trait or characteristic to describe the how everything messes so well is we all got respect for each other. We all got respect for each other and none of us want to be the weakest link in the group. 
You see what I'm saying? So it's just like, all right, like, bro, I probably wrote, I probably rewrote every verse on the album. You see what I'm saying? Like, I go in there and it's just like, I, I respect y'all. Y'all respect. We all respect each other and we all scared of each other in the hip-hop sense. And I know rappers don't say things like that. Like, no. nah, I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the greatest. It's like, nah, these dudes is killers. You see what I'm saying? So, like, I have to make sure that I came with my A game all the time. So, like, the respect was there. And because the respect was there, it was easy to work. Something that's been... I've learned about your approach is that you've been inspired by the eight mile ending rap battle when Eminem admits his flaws and admits who he is. That's something that's inspired you. Yes. Wow, bro. You did your homework. Thank you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, that scene changed my life, bro. Changed my entire life. And I'm just like, yo, like everybody is like, and that's the thing, bro. Like everybody has a cheat code that they walking around with. You know what I mean? Like, your cheat code is your story. And people buy into the real. The greatest artists ever or the greatest songs ever are the the realest from the uh, Lose Yourself to Dare Mama to Song Cry to Ordinary People to, you know what I'm saying? What's going on? Like, it's just real. It's just real songs. People connect to that. You know what I mean? So, like, that last battle was genius and when my man Papa Doc ain't had nothing to say I was like yo he cracked the code real quick so like every time something happened but the the downside to that is uh, you know you start to look for things to go bad for something to write about that's what I was doing I was just like yo I remember one time I called Chlamydia, dog, and I was so hyped. I wrote the verse inside the hospital. I was like, yeah, can't nobody tell me nothing. You feel me? Like, I was, I just kept looking for terrible <laughs> shit to happen so I could constantly have things to talk about. But it's like, if I get to it, if I say it before they do, then they're not going to have nothing to say. And then what ended up working was just like, nobody's going to be bold enough to tell that side of the story anyway. And I really don't give a fuck. No. Like, I, I, don't, I don't care. Yeah, that's part of my life. It happened. So <laughs> where we go from here? Now you know. Now what? You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So it, it, it worked. So shout out to uh, shout out to Eminem for that, bro. He, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. Pressure was a song that you made in which you, you cried during the making of it. Yeah. And that's your song. That's your real song. That's your song, Cry, Dear Mama. Yeah, yeah. Off of your debut album, Godfrey. Yes, sir. Yeah, pressure was uh, I felt that one. There's a there's a lot going on when we made pressure, uh, and I think it's just the whole thing with pressure was like it, it's weird. So you got the podcast right, mm-hmm. and you and you're doing this, and it's kind of like you can interview me today, and it could be phenomenal, and everybody will be like, yo. That was incredible. Who you interviewing next? And it's just like, bro, I just dropped this yesterday, bro. Like, chill out. Let it, you know what I'm saying? Like, let it live. You know what I'm saying? And I think pressure was just the, I I feel like it's a plight that artists go through. It's kind of like you can put, bro, like same the MP3 thing. Like, bro, there's 12, 13, 15, sometimes two weeks worth of second guessing and you know, uh, small victories in this 
two to three minute MP3. It's sometimes it's months. It took Kendrick Lamar six months to write uh, All Right. Six months worth of whatever is in that one, two to three minute song. And it's just like, it's digested so quick. And it's like, all right, what's the next one? It's like, bro, everybody can just relax right now. So pressure was kind of like that thing, like, yo, yeah, I don't even understand like what it, like, bro, like I just did all of this just for somebody to say, where's the next one? It's like, I'm really going through some real shit right now. And I just worried about what the next record is going to be. It's like, man, that's a, that's a lot, bro. But you either going to break from it or, or you're going to shine through it. You know what I mean? So don't complain about it, bro. Just, you know, get with it and, and, and get the people what they want. Godfrey means peace of God. Were you having trouble finding God at that time? Because olive oil is a song that speaks about you not being able to pray to God and your mother having to pray to God for you. Yeah. Yeah, man. So... Uh, you're, you're good. Uh, so Godfrey is also my middle name. Okay. So uh, it all just, I, and that's why that that project was so personal. Um, yeah, bro. Like God is my nigga, bro. That's my man. We talk all the time. You feel me? But uh, but like any other relationship, man, there's certain things. Like I don't know if you're in a relationship. I don't know if you got a girl, or whatever. But I'm I'm married. You feel mm-hmm. me? And it's like. It's a relationship. Sometimes me and my wife, we understand each other. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we argue and we yell at the top of our lungs because we just don't understand things. And I feel like with God, the relationship is the same. It's kind of like, yo, I don't understand why you did this, bro. Like, this don't make sense to me. Explain this to me. And then this other time, it's just like, wow, you really looked out. And then this other time, it's just like, yo, bro, I feel like I can't even talk to you right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm not in the right mind to talk to you right now. You know what I mean? Or and then this other time is just like, yo, thank you for being who you are. You know what I'm saying? So going through all of those emotions is just like, and my mom, my mom been praying for me since forever, dog. You know what I mean? But it's like in the middle of certain things, uh, perspective is key. And I think that was uh that was the biggest thing for me too, working on Godfrey. Like things don't happen, things don't happen to me, they happen for me. And I think after that happened, that perspective switch, it was just like, all right, cool. So God is really in everything. But while, while I was making Godfrey, I wasn't able to see that. I was like, why is all of this happening to me? Like, nah, bro, it's happening for you. Because it's a gem in everything. It's a lesson in everything. So it's just like, I had, to, I had to grow up and learn that. So while I was making that, yeah, me and God was beefing a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but you're over the beef. But yeah, that's that's my guy, man. That's, that's my guy. Most. That's my man's. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy that you overcame it and were able to patch up the relationship between you and God and, and moving along into the power of manifestation because you believe in manifestation. Now, how do you separate the two? Because people believe in miracles. People believe in that this happened for a reason. And then God did this for me. What, how would you would you intertwine God and manifestation or are they two separate entities? I feel like everything falls to me. Right people may see this and be like, ah, I don't believe it. And that's them. For me, everything fall under the umbrella of God, bro. Like, and, it's, and it says it in the, in the Bible, we, we're, we're made in, in his image. If I'm made in an image of the entity that created all of these things and words are as powerful, like they was like, yo, in the, in the beginning, like, you know what I'm saying? When God made everything, he spoke it. He spoke things into existence. He spoke them. You know what I'm saying? The world was made because he spoke. So it's kind of like, you know, 
it shows how important words are. You know what I mean? And even like to be given, to be given this gift that I have, I could, I could, I'm careful with what I say. You know what I mean? Because you can talk yourself into the greatest situation in your life, or you can talk yourself into the worst. You could talk yourself into joy. You could talk yourself into depression. So people, people like to separate things and people like to uh, put them, put things in a place where they're comfortable. Um, manifestation, prayer, whatever you want to call it. Like I talk to God about things. I let him know. I let him know what I need. And I, I move like I, like I have it already. And if it's lined up with what he want me to have, then it'll happen. And if it's not where I'm supposed to be at right there, if the things I feel like I want and I need, I don't get them when I feel like I want them is because I'm not ready to have them things yet. And it's some, it's either something for me to learn a little bit more growing I got to do. And and that's how, that's how our relationship works. So people call it a people sit in yoga stances and downward dogs and talk to the moon, whatever work for you, work for you. But for me, me and me and God, we chop it up and, and we, I do my best to stay, to stay in alignment with what he wants and what I want. Make sure that they line up. The power of words, the words I manifest, such as Guru once said on Gangstar's album. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it with the words I manifest with Snoop Dogg, murder was the case that they gave me. He eventually caught a murder case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you look at all of these like rappers that have like, bro, the 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 Biggie Smalls thing, it always, name of his album was Ready to Die. You know what I'm saying? Life after like death. I, life after death. I listen to uh I listen to Nipsey uh Blue Laces off of Victory Lap. He although he was talking about a situation that happened to to his uh to one of his mans, the way that he passed it was almost identical. You know what I'm saying? I look at uh Juice World, you know what I mean? Like the content, you know what I mean? Like uh, and uh I feel like, and especially being black, bro, we uh, we have a habit of speaking like that because we're not expected to live past a certain way, a certain time. Not only are we told that, but we experience that. Like you are OG if you're 25. That's crazy. No other cultures that exist. You're supposed to be 25. You're supposed to live to 25. You live to 25 being black. That's a that's an accomplishment. You know what I mean? So we don't. We, we talk about death because we see it so much and it's something that we expect for ourselves. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, and although, you know, we're speaking of uh, our realities that it's still, it's still life and death is in the power of the tongue still, you know, you know what I'm saying? So it gets, it gets tricky talking about your reality and then uh, finding that fine line of also speaking life into yourself. And you speak about living the, Past the age of 25, you think about most of the hip hop artists that are, out, that are out there, they've died at such a young age. Crazy. I mean, Biggie, Tupac, Big L. These guys were taken away from us at such a young age. We didn't even get to see the real impact they had. They could have had an even bigger impact where who knows how hip hop would have sounded today. It may still have sounded the same. Who knows? Yeah, bro. Nah, I I, I wonder that. I, I ponder those thoughts every, every now and again. Like, what if Biggie was still here? For me, like, what if, what if Big L was a bro? Big L is a whole different monster. But like, I think of things like that. Like, yo, what if, what if Pac was was here? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what would have Pac been if he was still here? Like, would he have been nation of Islam activist? Like, what, like, what, 
where would what would have happened? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think about stuff like that all the time. You, you've when doing your song with Nipsey, did you have a dream and actually speak to Nipsey spiritually? Yeah, that was a real thing, bro. I got a little, I got a little Nipsey chain too, bro. Uh, but fam, so the dream I had it was, it was, uh, it was weird. So we were in like this old house, and it was like when I say old, like it felt old like plastic on the couch and the plastic was like yellowy. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's been there for at least 20 years. And there was a bunch of us in like this like a corridor, kind of like a a middle section right before this living room thing. And Nipsey's there and, you know, he's chopping it up with everybody. And then he like pulled me to the side. So I'm like, yo, I'm I'm about to go. Like you about to go. I was like, yeah, I'm about to, you know what I'm saying? I'm about to, I'm about to head back. I was like, yo, what you mean? So I, I went to like walk with him up, up the stairs and he was just like, bro, it's all about, it's all about perfect timing. Go keep, keep, keep going. Keep doing what you're doing, bro. It's all about perfect timing. Now I woke up. And now everything me? is right on timing for you. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's happening slowly but surely, but yeah, that, that Nipsey told me in a dream so about perfect timing. Facts. So that's so that's life. That was a real thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, rest in peace of Nipsey Hustle. It's amazing. Just that dream. It almost feels as though it was real because there's certain things that aligned with it. Yeah. Yeah. Things things have been uh things have been happening, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of things have been a lot of things have been uh been revealed a lot of doors have been open bro and it's like dog it's, it's an it's an incredible journey you know what i mean that's right how was your life experience of growing up in newburgh new york because i know that you grew up in a church household christian household your mother sang in the choir your father played the guitar you yeah. couldn't listen to hip-hop at that time i know you your first cd was john legend and eventually you got a bow wow cd yeah a fact man that's a fact i listen to john legend all the way like with the volume all the way down fam. all the way down he's just like bro it's john legend but yo that first album he was talking crazy that she don't have to know was crazy i was just like yo i just thought it was ordinary people john legend was a little dirtbag on on his on his first album you feel me I, i couldn't let that ring out too crazy in the hallways but yeah bro uh Man, it was dope, man. I, I feel like it's weird when people ask childhood questions because it's like you a kid, so you enjoying your life for what it is. You know what I mean? Like it's only when you get older, it's just like, yeah, well, nah, we we could have had a couple more Jordans. You know what I'm saying? Or we could have <laughs> had we could have had this, we could have had that. But it's like, bro, my life was what it was, man, and we made the most out of everything. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I had a, I had a good time. I had everything from, you know what I'm saying? Like fake jewelry to fake Jordans. I had a pair of Fat Farms and the P was backwards. I got it from a swap meet. You feel me? <laughs> my man, my man Troy Van found out and cut my ass for the whole day. Never wore them shits ever again. Like you know what I mean? Like things like that. I, I remember, but I was also I was good with everybody in high school. You know what I mean? Like 
I was, you know, I used to steal people rhymes and saying they would beat on tables and shit. All we all we listened to was Christian hip hop and Christian music. So I used to steal, I used to steal rhymes and, and rap them like they were mine. I was like, nobody's ever gonna find this out. You feel me? Like it was nah, it was a it was a good time, man. It was a good time. You know what I mean? Like I had a I had a good childhood. I'm glad to hear that. And your mother, actually, when she started hearing the hip hop music, she started to hear the N word and she wasn't too fond of it at first. Did she grow an appreciation for it eventually and understand what you were doing when she was successful at it? I don't think my mom <laughs> will ever find an appreciation for me using certain words. But uh, I think she's more uh, she understands it a little bit more. She had to come to a show. I had a, uh, that might've been 2014. I had my first headlining show. My mom came, my grandmother came, my dad came. And I like broke down on stage, dog. Cried and all types of stuff. And that's when my mom was just like, oh, I get it. You see what I'm saying? Cause she thought it was all, she thought every rapper was the same. She thought everything was murder was the case that they gave me. So to her, it's just like, bro, you're not even living this life. And it's just like, bro, but you haven't heard the music. You see what I'm saying? So when she finally heard it, she was like, all right, cool. I'm proud. God is proud. I may not agree with all the words, but I'll make sure I don't miss the message. Mm-hmm. You know no, what I'm saying? You don't. That's something that your music has is the message. And not too many artists have that these days. And you can tell that you're, really diligent and you can tell that you put a lot into your music and that's important nowadays and people in the industry recognize it i mean that 10 minute freestyle on sway he recognized it there's a reason why you're here and and a reason on this path because we need more profits i I consider you more a poetic prophet and you you mentioned poetry before of being a fan of edgar Allan poe so when did you start to dive into the poetry element of literature uh i mean edgar Allan poe that's 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 denzel's guy i feel like for me Poetry is, it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm like infatuated. I'm in love with words. You know what I'm saying? The fact that you can say there three different ways and they can all mean three different things. Like that's sorcery to me. You see what I'm saying? So like, yeah, bro. And just like, just the effect that words have, like how you can say the same thing. I can tell you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, maybe, Maybe you you could change that shirt a little bit. It don't really go with that hat. Or I could say, bro, that shirt is fucking ugly. What the fuck? But it's like, I'm saying the same thing, but you feel two different ways off of what I said. You know what I mean? Like, bro, it's, it's crazy. So I've always been in love with words. So like poetry and stuff and just drawing parallels between different word, different worlds. That shit is fun. I've been, I think I had like, wow, this is crazy. I never told about this. I wrote a poem in like, I want to say seventh, eighth grade. And just right, it wasn't even a big deal. Handed in for class. My English teacher said, write a poem, handed it in. And the shit ended up in the school newspaper. I was just like, oh, I might be all right. I might, you know what I'm saying? I might be decent. So I, I feel like since then, I was like, all right, cool. Let me, let me keep writing then. You know what I mean? And then it all went from there, being highlighted in the school newspaper. You feel me? Big deal. Big it deal is a big then. deal. <laughs> <laughs> big deal back then. Oh, you already know. And you actually started out in a in a group, in a Christian hip-hop group at the age of 14 or 15, and you consider it to be a, a terrible time oh. for music. 
for your period in life? Terrible, bro. Jeez. Uh, yo, to get me mad, like my brother would like keep the CD and play that joint every once in a while. Just to, like, yo, bro, don't forget where you came from. You feel me? Just to, yo, it was just te- like, it was just terrible. I think I, I might still remember the verse, bro. Hold on. Yeah, it was wild, bro. For the record, I was trash. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> and for the for the record, I was super trash. It was like, you need to show some respect, even though you don't like me. Got the game in check, like my name is Nike. The devil think he on fire, so he trying to light me. I keep God first. That's why my rhymes is tight B. Oh my gosh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yo, and I was like, I'm killing this shit. Bro, I was ass. (laughs) Yo, I was really bad, bro. I was really trash. Wow. You you mentioned your younger years before and getting highlighted in the school newspaper. College would be an important time for you in hip-hop because that's when you would discover artists such as Biggie, AZ, Jay-Z, Big L, and you started studying just the importance of words and that you could say what you want to say on records. And Lupe Fiasco, I've heard, is your biggest influence. Ooh, shout out to Lou. Yeah, man. I I I T fam. Like he uh different. He he the one that showed me uh personality could uh your uh not personality. Imagination could get you a Grammy, bro. That man really got a Grammy off uh Daydream, bro, about a walking project building. What? What are we talking about? Like, that's crazy. It's just like, bro, he really built a walk-in project building as a robot from the feet to the head and got a Grammy off that. I said, oh, so I can use my imagination? Ain't nobody telling me that? That's crazy. So, yeah, Lou, Lou, was, that, Lou was that guy for me, man. And I studied, I studied Lupe crazy. Crazy. Next, next to Jay-Z, probably my favorite artist. One of the greats. 100%. You were accepted to NIAC in New York, and you would actually start your own hip-hop career at that time as well, just being in college there. You were accepted before community college to NIAC. It was a theology school. Is that right? Yeah, man. NIAC was a, was a whole-ass a whole Bible school, fam. <laughs> we had to go to chapel for credits to graduate, all types of shit, man. Yeah, NIAC. Yeah. Yeah. Society one on one. You released that. You made five hundred dollars off of it on campus. So I mean, so that shit right out of a little black bag. You know what I'm saying? Five hundred cash. I was hype. It's the most money I ever made off music at that time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shout out to Tyler Busher. He did all the beats on there, and he did the artwork. That's when uh, was it Kinkos was still a thing. We had to go there. We had to burn all the CDs in the spot. And then we had to make wild copies of the cover art. Like, really, like, from the mud type shit. We ain't had no booth. So we had to go to somebody else's dorm room and record in their closet. You know what I mean? Like, it was a, yeah, man. That was a great time. (laughs) (laughs) That's that You draw that correlation there with Nipsey, because when Nipsey was able to make so much, selling his album for $100... Mm-hmm. That's how you draw that correlation there. That's you, you two have some similarities there. Man, I didn't even I didn't even draw that parallel. That's that's crazy. He he really did. He really did that, bro. He really saw me say for a hundred cash. 
And he was able to go through with it and actually get people to buy into it, which is he's a genius. And that's why he's one of the greatest ever doing a rap. And it's a shame that people didn't get to celebrate him while he was alive, because it's like Biggie says, you're nobody till somebody kills you. That's so real, bro. Yeah, it's just like, why we got to wait? You know what I'm saying? Why we got to wait till we till, till something happens for everybody to be like, oh, nah, so he was great. Bro, tell that man that right now. The joy comes in the morning. Mm-hmm. Just like your second album. Yeah, man. Whew. That was a tough one. What were you going through at that time that this was the title of your album? Uh, so that was 2020. Yeah. Um, so it was a that was the year of the pandemic. Um, me and my me and my wife had got married, and my best friend died that same year. So the whole joy comes in the morning. It was just drawing that parallel of the two things. Like I'm experiencing a lot of emotions on both ends of the spectrum. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm mourning and I'm grieving, but I'm also celebrating life in a new way all while being black during the pandemic when the Breonna Taylor thing was happening the George Floyd thing was happening you know what I mean like like speaking at protest and all of that like just everything that was going on in that time was in that project you know what I'm saying probably the hardest project I've had to write and it's probably the greatest body of work I've made to date everything was everything meant something it's important that's an important one that highlights your career thus far and just shows you you can touch on different topics and i'm curious to to get your opinion on this basically all the racism that's going on in the world is the extension of the nfl continuing its nonsense with the not only the kaepernick blackballing but now we have the issue of brian flores Mm. and how they're not giving black coaches opportunities for head coaching jobs that are qualified. Yeah, that's uh, the, the NFL, the NFL doing that is, is one thing, but I feel like that's not, that's not new. I feel like uh, out of all the white colleagues or friends that I've had, they've never had to experience words like uh, you're overqualified for this position. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a, that concept alone kills me. And I've only heard that said to, you know what I mean? The people who look like me, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of things. It's just like, Oh, you're qualified. So you can't work here. Yeah. That's not, that's not sad. Sadly enough, that's not new. You know what I mean? So, and I think what's even more sad is that we're not surprised by it. It's just like, Oh yeah, that happened to him. Wow. That's crazy. What you trying to go eat? It's so normal. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not it's it's not it's not nothing crazy. Like we've I feel like as a people we've experienced we we've experienced things of that nature for a majority of, of the time. So I think the the sad part is that it's normal to us. 
I hope that suit wins in which Brian Flores exposes the NFL. I think you're having that already. There needs to be conversations about it. I hope there's some issues that get resolved there because I think he's more than qualified to have a head coaching position over Brian Dable, who was only an offensive coordinator. And he was Brian Flores was a head coach. He's, yeah. he's qualified for the position. He should get a head coaching job right there with a winning record. Unbelievable. <laughs> but we'll see if the New York Giants pay for their mistake, and hopefully they do. <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I have my eyes open. I'm not even a huge football fan. Matter of fact, I did a really good job playing off me not knowing what you was talking about. You didn't even know I didn't even know what you was talking about. Really? I didn't even know. I had no clue what you was talking about. But, like, it's like, wow. Even with me not knowing this, it wasn't a surprise. Mm. I think that's the part that's, like, that's crazy to me. Just like, bro, I didn't even know what you was talking about, but it sounded so regular. That's happened to, to the majority of people I know. Even in small companies, too. Yeah. So it's a regular thing, man. Systemic racism. Unbelievable. Yeah. You started to gain your fan base, would you say, right around when you dropped your Dead Presidents freestyle on SoundCloud? Because you started to hit up all your followers on, I think it was Instagram, to tell them, go check out my freestyle. And you were surprised when you saw the number count of people who listened in. Bro, I don't even think. Instagram was around yet. I think I hit up everybody that I knew on Twitter. Twitter. I, I DM. I sent a message to everybody that I knew on Twitter to check the joint out. Every time I drop something, I just stay up and send it to everybody. You know what I mean? And it's like when I started seeing the numbers go up, I was just like, and it wasn't even nothing crazy. It broke. 50 people might have heard you say I was like, 50 whole people? That's crazy. You see what I'm saying? I was like, yeah. nah, I got to keep going. I got to keep going. When I seen that joint hit 100 plays, I was just like. You're building something. Oh. I said, I'm, I'm nice. On. I'm nice. I'm on. 100 people heard this. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, bro. I remember that. That that president freestyle was tough, too. I don't know where that's at. It's nice. He's someone that you met. You sent him the 30 records. Just You did it on yeah. purpose, too. And eventually yeah. you heard one of your songs, Out of Those 30, played on Sway. Yeah, man. That was crazy, too. I met Rich Nice. He wasn't even... Uh, I don't even think he came to see me. He came to see somebody else. And I think uh, he might have been... He might have got caught in traffic or something called like the tail end of my set. That was just like, yo, you're dope, Y'all worked for Swing in the Morning. And at that time, I heard that a thousand times. I was just like, all right, bro, what you want? Like, you send me some records, man, and I'll have some. I was like, all right, cool. I sent him almost every record I had. I said, go ahead, bro. And then the next day, he really played the joint. I was just like, oh, he was dead ass. That's crazy. You feel me? Still my man to this day, bro. Shout out to this. Shout out to him. And with your, your legendary freestyle on Sway, which was... 10 minutes it's legendary people are always going to remember that freestyle you made history up there going non-stop it's similar to something that, that i don't even think anyone could do that i would say maybe big l back in the day on stretching bobito but you were able to accomplish that and even with the mic coming apart and then the headphones weren't working how are you able to still focus on that freestyle when all that was going on because i was watching i'm like you're still going <laughs> yo bro so i think uh 
before that freestyle. Like I've been, I was writing that free. Like I didn't know I was gonna meet Sway, but I was like, when I do meet Sway, I need to have a verse ready. So I was writing, piecing that verse together for years. So when I finally and bro, it was probably like seven minutes, and then Black Thought went on flex, and then ten, and I was just like, I gotta throw an extra three minutes on here. I got, I have to. I got to throw an extra three minutes on there. So, like, yeah, bro, but that was just constant going over the joint. I would, bro, I would practice that verse for, like, at least two, three hours a day just to make sure if I get the call tomorrow, I'm ready. I need to know this joint like I know my social security number. You see what I'm saying? Like, so that's what, that's what that was. So even when I lost the beat, I was like, I know where I'm at in this verse. So it was like, all right, cool. It's kind of like autopilot. Like, I know what part of the verse I'm at. Let me keep going. I need to figure out how to fix this joint because I don't even know if I'm on beat no more. You know what I mean? And then I was just like, yo, Sway, because I can't figure this out right now. You know what I mean? Like, and it was a it was a moment, bro. One of the classic freestyles. And, and you proved it right then and there. Did did he know it was going to be a 10-minute freestyle or it was just, just keep going until you're finished? How, how did that even work? Um... I don't know if he knew it was going to be 10 minutes, but uh, when I got the call, um, cause he was, he was managing me for a little bit. So he was just like, yo, you ready? So I was just like, yeah, him and, uh, him and Kelly Jackson, shout out to Kelly Jackson and Sway. But when, uh, yeah, when I got the call, so I'm super ready, bro. He said, all right, man, I'm just saying, I said, bro, believe me, you might, you might need more than five beats, bro. And it ended up being nine. <laughs> nine of them drinks, man. I want I wanted 10 beats, bro. But that thing about me, it just fit what was going on too well. You were able to adjust to each tempo like it was nothing. Yeah, that was a, was a lot of practice, bro. And, it, and it paid off. It paid <laughs> off for you. <laughs> man, appreciate uh-huh. you. Getting connected with Royce the Five Nine through Rook of the Justice League, you you met with Royce the Five Nine, and often of not even hearing anything, he thought that you were trash. No, 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 no. Was that? that? Was... I read something online. God, yeah. So, uh, so I think naturally, New York guys, we think everything is trash. It's just a natural thing. It's just a state of being like, yeah, nah, trash. So. Rook was playing me some of Royce's. Um, he was playing me stuff off Book of Ryan years before it came out. So I heard the cocaine song, and then I heard the song about Thanksgiving or or Christmas at like how how Christmas would go at their crib or whatever. And I was just like, and yo, I, I wasn't too familiar with Royce before that. So I was just like, yo, he's nice. He said, yeah, it's the same dude you said was trash. Oh, so, so you thought it, you thought Royce? Yeah, oh, okay, yes, yeah, so nah, I said, got mixed up I said, online. Yeah, I said Royce was trash before I heard him. It's just something that New York people do. Like, nah, he's trash. He's not from New York. He's trash. You feel me? Out before I heard anything. So Rook, uh, Rook was like, "Yo, I'm about to go see him at uh, the Gramercy Theater. If you want to pull up." And I remember meeting Royce, and I told him. I was like, yo, bro, I'll be honest with you, bro. I thought you was trash. 
And I'm only telling you this so you can understand, like, yo, after seeing your performance and hearing your music, like, I'm genuinely a fan. I'm not a, I'm not a day one fan, and I'm a harsh critic. You don't, not that, even, not that you even care, but it's just like I need to let you know that, like, this is your OD nice. And he's like, he was like, yo, bro, nobody's been that real with me in a while, bro. Like, let's go get something to eat. So me, Royce, and Rook went to get something to eat. That might have been twenty. Uh, that might have been 2015-ish. And then chopped um, up about politics. Chopped it up about politics, man. Eating hush puppies in the I forgot the name of the spot. Red Rooster or something like that. Some somewhere we was at. And then years later, uh he DM'd me. He was just like, yo, bro, uh, give me a call. And I was like, word. Call that man. We was on the phone for three hours. He sent me two beats and he was just like, pretty much all I'm, I tell you, I have to say, I want you on the album. I was like, word. I cool then. So I, um, yeah, he sent me two joints. He was like, yo, just pick one and then send one back. And I sent it back both. And I was just like, you, you could pick one. Whichever one you messing with, then you know what I'm saying? You can run with that. And then that's it. That's the joint that ended up getting a uh, Grammy nominated. Grammy nominated. How's it feel to be a nominee? Um, it's not. It don't feel like how I thought. You know what I mean? It's, and I think that's what anything in life is like. You feel like you want a big chain, they get it, and it's just like, oh, that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like you feel like you want a dope pair of sneakers, and you get it. It's just like, oh, oh, like now what? You see what I'm saying? So it's just like I got the certificate joint in the in the living room. And I was just like, nah, that's 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 dope. That's cool. It's like, all right, what's what's next? You know what I'm saying? Styles P is another collaborator in which you've made some songs together in the past. And I'm, do you have some more work on the way with Styles P? Man, uh, I I need some, so I I'll probably hit him up. That's the he showed love first before before uh. I'm not gonna say before anybody, but he was one of the first ones. I think the first one to show love for real was Clark Kent, mm-hmm. and but like Styles P was also one of the first to show love for real, for real. And it was like, yeah, nah, like I need you on, I need you on this album. So I went to D Block and I did the album, and then um, he was like, anything you need, let me know. So I hit him for the feature on Godfrey. God bless the child. He sent the joint back in 15 minutes. That's an 15. elite MC right there. Crazy. 15 minutes. <laughs> 15, 15 minutes he's in the back. I'm not yeah. surprised. That's an, it's an elite MC straight out of the 90s. You know I mean? Yeah, bro. Yeah, Styles is different. Your connection to Styles, that was through Clark Kent? Uh, nah, I met Styles through uh, Divine Bars, who was uh, DMX's manager. Mm. Yeah. So that morning, morning joint, he and he actually made the beat. And you know what I'm saying? He was just like, yo, your name is Ozum. It's that's a whole nother, that's a whole long, long story. But uh pretty much, yeah, he ended up connecting me with Styles. Or after the after the um the morning morning joint came out, I, we found out that he was the producer and we just kept working close. You know what I'm saying? All of the Yonkers, people, D-Block, DMX, we just kept it close. 
you've came across Kendrick Lamar a few times in your career. You actually spit 16 for him once. Yeah, bro. Bars. 2012, man, right when Good Kid, Mad City came out, man. And uh, I gave that man the best 16 I had at the time, bro. Did he say anything to you? Yeah, he was like, uh, so it was a forum in the Apple store and so And, uh, you know, at the end, they would like, anybody have any questions? And the guy would go around with the mic. So I was like, I got a question. They came over to me and was like, yo, uh, can I give you a 16? And a dude who was like curating the event, he was like, well, that's not a question. I was like, I mean, but it is because I asked. I give him a 16. You feel me? Like, uh, that's for sure a question. And then I rap. And when I rap, he was just like, yo, what's your name? Like, I was with Benjamin. He was just like, yeah, bro, I'm going to remember that, fam. I'm going I'm to remember the name. I was like, bro, even if you don't, that's cool. I was like, I know it's going to be in a, it's going to be in the podcast when it dropped. Apple took my whole shit out. Took the whole thing out, bro. I waited. I waited for that episode to drop, dog. And when it did, I was just like, wow, everybody think I'm a liar now. (laughs) (laughs) Politics in this game. Whoever the editor was, the editor-in-chief. He was like, yeah, not not today. No. But you came across Kendrick a few more times. You actually saw him in a kitchen. Yeah, kitchen at uh, Rick Rubin's crib. You You were hanging out with Rick Rubin. I mean, I didn't see Rick there. We was just at his house. You were at his uh, house. There was a record that was being made at the time. It was a man. It was a. It was a couple of them. Uh, shout out to Chris Dave for giving me that call, man. Uh, Chris Dave, legendary drummer. I don't know if you're if you're familiar, but he's played on everything. He from anything from Four Forty Four to Adele to D'Angelo to you name it, he's on it. You know what I'm saying? So he gave me the call, like, all right, cool, boom. So we're going to go to uh, Rick Rubin crib to knock out some uh, some records, bro, if you're with it. If I'm with it. The union, I book my flight. I'll I pay for it myself. Don't even trip, bro. I'll be there. You know what I mean? That's that's when I saw Kendrick eating a panini. I think it's going to come a time that you two get on a track together. I'd, I'd hope so, man. That'll be a... That'd be dope, man. Kendrick is another one of my favorites, man. One of the greatest of all time. He's actually going to be performing halftime at the Super Bowl next week. We finally get a hip-hop performance. Yeah, I peep. Jay-Z curated that whole thing, right? I think he did. I'm pretty sure. That's what what his whole deal was supposed to be with the NFL, was to diversify some things. Yeah, bro. He got Eminem, uh, Kendrick. Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige. And Mary J. Yeah. That sounds like a whole move. Yeah. <laughs> it's an all-star lineup. That sounds like a whole move for sure. For your old version, you made your acting debut as D. Yeah. How'd you get this opportunity and what was the audition like? So for the um again, shout out to uh shout out to Kelly, uh Kelly Kincaid. She uh um she sent the email. And when I got the email, uh, I, I wasn't going to do it because I was scared. I was like, man, I'm no, I ain't no actor. I rap. She was like, bro, you better do this. <laughs> you better go do that audition. So they gave me, like, a scene or whatever, and I had to, uh, you know, 
memorizing and going there and and do the scene. So when I did it, uh, Rada was in there, who was also the uh, lead and the director. So she was just like, nah, bro, that's the guy right there. That's the guy. And I was like, word, all right, cool, so we got it. So we shot for like three weeks, bro, and that whole joint was, it was incredible, bro. I want to do way more movies. I know it inspired you to do way more movies as you just said, and it actually changed your perception on actors in film and even looking at Tupac's performance in Above the Rim, mm-hmm. Denzel's See? performance in Training Day. Yeah, like, yeah, y'all are nice. And it's weird, bro, because, like, the key to great acting is to look like you're not acting, which is which is weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, great yeah. actors look like... Like, it's just acting. natural. Yeah, like, wow, Leonardo DiCaprio is a great actor because I would do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Denzel is just like, yo, I would probably say that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, if you were regular, and it's like, it, it, it made it like, it was weird. It changed, it changed how I looked at things, bro. It's like, I'll be on a train and I'll be like, yo, all of these people right here are amazing actors because they're just doing what they do. You know what I'm saying? Once you start thinking about it, then it gets weird. But nah, the best actors are just people who would do what normal people would do in normal situations or extreme situations. Do you have anything lined up as far as upcoming film work that you have? Um, not not yet. It, it's something in the works, but we're just waiting for you know the paperwork to get drawn up. But um, nothing. Nothing off top, I can tell you right now. That's like solidified. Otrudis, you were nominated for that award, the Best Supporting Actor. I didn't even know that, bro. I read that online. I had, I didn't even know. What's it called? Otrudis. I think that's how it's pronounced. I'm pretty sure. Bro, uh, send me the send me the, the email when we get off. I didn't uh, I'm going to send that to you. Yeah, because I read that online and I was like, I never heard it said in any other interviews, but it was something that tracked your biography that I found out about it. That's crazy. I didn't know I was nominated for that, bro. That's that's fucking nuts. <laughs> that's you. Because then when I gave your intro, you kind of looked at me like. Yeah, I was just like, yo, what's that? And, and I said, that's what and that's and that's what I said to you. I said, we got to get we got to get that promoted out there. We got to touch on that. I thought you knew. I had no clue, bro. I was up. I was nominated for that, bro. That's crazy. That's yeah, huge. Wow. wow, man. Yeah, that was a wow. Thank you for that, bro. I yeah, had man. no clue. I really dove in to do some research on you because it's important when whenever a guest is on my show, I, I do the most research as possible. And I'm glad that I was able to break that news to you. Yeah, man. This is this is crazy, man. Wow, bro. I mean DJ Mad Max. <laughs> Yes, I'm going to send you that email because I want you to go. You you should celebrate it. You should celebrate yeah, it. Yeah, bro. I got some Hennessy in here somewhere. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but but you got some upcoming work with music. I'm sure that you're working on your own solo project, too. Yeah, we we uh we about to start gearing up to dropping the singles every month again. And then, uh, you know, by fall, I want to have a project done or probably one before that. You know what I mean? They they really got me working out here, you know? So it's, uh, it's 
I'm in a good I'm in a good space. So I don't know, man. It might it might be two albums this year. Who knows? You know what I mean? Get another album from OCD. Uh gotta talk to the fellas and see how they feel, man. But I would I wouldn't mind it. But I know everybody's doing their they own uh they own solo thing too. So yeah, I'm with whatever, bro. They want to do another album I'm doing. I love how it's an acronym similar. This draws another correlation to another great hip-hop collective to WWCD of Griselda. It's both an acronym, OCD. Yeah. Two different things there. Yeah, the name awesome. of your group and the title of their album. Griselda's title of their album. That's crazy. I didn't even know that. Yo, you Same. really, you're like, you're like a young Nardwar. You know? <laughs> I've gotten that a lot of times before. Yeah, man, you're like a you're like a young Nardwar with like with like better teeth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, but I've gotten that comparison before. Oh man. Oswin, is there anything else you would love to let the audience know and, and your fans that are tuned in and listening as well as the people here after after it's live? Um, I mean, just thank you, man. Thank you for, for rocking with me. If y'all not familiar, my name is Oswin Benjamin. You can follow me everywhere at O-S-W-I-N Benjamin. Um, shout out to DJ Mad Max, you feel me? For for all of the information, for letting me know things about myself that I didn't know. <laughs> fucking, fucking crazy. But uh, nah, man, just uh, thank you, bro. Thank yeah, you. man. Shout out, to, shout out to support the homies management. Shout out to Chris Rivers, Denzel Porter. Shout out to my wife. You know what I mean? Shout out to everyone. They can follow you on Instagram at Oswin Benjamin and Twitter at Oswin Benjamin, too. Yeah. Yes, sir. Make sure you go tune in. Oswin, I want to thank you for coming on the show, man. I had a great time chopping up with you. I appreciate what you're doing out here for hip-hop because I support the real MCs out here. I can tell who's fake and who isn't. You're one of the real ones. And you're one of the ones pushing the hip-hop culture forward because we have a, a lot of nonsense out here. I see the politics. You guys should be in these spots that some of these mainstream rappers are in because you put your heart and soul into it. A lot of it's fabricated, and I understand what you're going through, but I think the reward in the end is going to be better than what these guys are getting. Man, appreciate you, fam. Of course, man. I want you to enjoy the rest of your night. Take care, stay safe, and I'm going to send you that email as soon as we get off the Zoom, man. All right, I got you, bro. You too, bro. Stay safe over there, man. You too, man. Right. Hey, look, and I, I, I forgive you for that Boston man. man. Oh, that. <laughs> I, I, I forgive you, oh, dog. Oh no, no, it, it, it's it's the Brooklyn Dodgers. You're you were born in Brooklyn. Very good. Wait, very well, well played, Mad Max. <laughs> well, well played. Yes, good, uh, good Brooklyn man. Good, good Brooklyn man. Yes, yes. Is, is that a Met hat or a New York Giants hat? Ah, it's Mets, man. It's, it's Mets. Mets because I know the Giants back in the day, they had the black hat. That's why they moved to San Francisco. They came from New York originally. You feel me? Yeah, nah. We uh and I'm not even a Mets fan, bro. It's just a it's just it's a good fitted with a good patch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like Word, it though. Got you, man. Yo, I appreciate you. Thank of course, you man. Again. Send me that email. I, I wanna I wanna check that out. Yeah, man, for sure. I'm going to send it right to you right now as soon as we get off the call, man. Enjoy the rest of your night, like I said before, man. I look forward to getting you back on the show. Man, I'm I'm here for it, bro. Of course, man. Peace out, man. All right, my G. Peace.